to be a pimp and i don't mean that in the cool guy way i mean that in the literal uh selling them bitches way uh no i don't believe i've ever sold bitches do you think that you are a lout a lout i would uh, i would say i have um lout qualities at times but overall no do you suffer from antisocial behavior oh yeah definitely with this antisocial behavior, do you uh, use it to drive your car in dangerous or obnoxious ways? No, I mostly use my feet and my hands to drive my car. Ah, ah clever, clever. Well, you've <laughs> just passed the hoon test. Oh, nice. Well, honey, so I'm a hoon now? or what? You are not a hoon. <laughs> oh, okay. All of those things are activities of hooning, All which right. is a... Australian slash New Zealand term for basically a pile of shit. <laughs> um, I had to throw pimp in there because that's a dated term that no one uses the term hoon anymore for okay. a pimp, but I figured I'd go the whole way because the other one is also a unit of weight used to measure opium in Britain's China, in Brit- British controlled China. Oh, wow. Okay. That is also dated. Nobody uses that anymore. Smoke up a hoon of that opium? Yeah, exactly. It's I got me a Huna opium, and I'm going to do it. The reason why I brought this up is because uh, we were talking last week about how I have discovered the word hoon not through all of the Australian podcasts that I listen to, but through a British podcast. <laughs> nice. And uh, I think it's a hilarious word, and the laws involving hooning I was stoked about because they take your car away and crush it if you're an asshole. <laughs> um which there is a caveat to that that I have found out because hooning is really basically just being a dangerous asshole with your car. And yeah. there is only one instance in which they've crushed cars for it. Okay. But they, it was a ring of street racers and they crushed like 12 cars. So they kind of made up for lost time and it's now on the books that you can crush cars. Yeah. But like usually you get caught hooning once, <laughs> they suspend your license and give you a large fine. You get caught hooning twice, they impound your car for whatever amount of time that the judge says that they need to, which you have to pay for, Yeah, and then there is also the fine. And the third time, they uh, impound your car indefinitely and sell it, and if they can't sell it at the auction, they crush it. Nice. And I was thinking that that's probably something that I I would be into if we started, uh, because we have hooners left and right. Like, mm-hmm. my dad's neighborhood, I would consider uh, hoon-filled. Yeah, there's a lot of those, like, uh, dune buggy-style VWs up there. dune-bugging, because so, also, speed-checking? So you're just going as fast as you can because your car's fucking new or whatever? That is considered yeah. hooning. It's anytime you're driving a vehicle in an irresponsible way intentionally. Okay. So if you are found to be hooning, you can fall under the anti-hoon laws which basically they made all of this Dr. Seussery and I love. <laughs> but I do think it would uh, be a, a little bit more effective if when you were regularly caught, because I don't think it's considered hooning if you just speed, but if you're caught speeding regularly, 
that yeah. then falls into hooning. And if right. you got your fucking car crushed for being a jackass on the fucking road, you probably wouldn't do it as much. <laughs> yeah, just the the threat of having it there as an option at some point, I think would actually deter a lot of people. Well, it's also like, I feel like, because you're going to make somebody pay money, they don't really give a fuck about that. But when you take away their toys, I'm pretty sure it'll have a larger... Uh, impact on privileged white dudes that just drive their cars around (laughs) yeah i know steve jobs um was like a notorious speeder yeah i would go to that public event where they were crushing steve jobs car oh hell yeah like too (laughs) yeah and they could raise money for like schools with it yeah um but he he like found all these funny loopholes in california law that's where he usually was you know apple headquarters whatever I think one of them was, yeah, it was basically to, in order to receive a speeding ticket, you had to have a valid um, license plate, which like, you know, you have to have to drive too. So he couldn't just drive around with no license plate. Like that's also a violation. Is this going to be one of those? He didn't have to have both license plates. (laughs) Well, so what he figured out was a dealer's plate was exempt from all that stuff. So as long as he uh, just bought a new car every month and just continuously got that license plate on it, well, so, then he could avoid every traffic well, law. So he has enough money to do a smarter thing, which is just <laughs> have himself registered as a car salesman. <laughs> yeah, and that true. way his, all of his license plates can just be that. So for, for such a smart guy, fucking idiot, can't even tell the easier way around that and then he could sell all of the cars he buys every fucking month or was buying every month just so he could get the license plates from them (laughs) yeah he was known to like park in handicap spots and stuff too man seems like a a prime hooner (laughs) he he is a fucking hoon dog (laughs) the old hoon dog do you know moon dog the i want to say skateboarder I think a lot of people have used the name. Um, so I think there's. Was he a, a surfer or skateboarder? I'm th- I'm thinking of the musician, but I think there is a okay. skater named. Yeah, because I'm thinking of the documentary Dogtown. Oh right. I think there's a Moon Dog in Dogtown. Like Dogtown and Z Boys. Like Dogtown, the skating surfing documentary. Okay, that's yeah, like yeah. the origin of skating. Right. from the surfer aspect of it because that's one of those things that's definitely got some uh convergent evolution going on oh for sure yeah yeah i think dogtown was about like tony alva and all I those dudes. i think the guys with the dreads i saw that movie once <laughs> when i was shit-faced drunk in a bar with no sound yeah i'm pretty sure it was in like um christian hasoy I don't think he was like part of that crew, but same time period and whatever. I don't know. Wasn't calling Moon Dog in like the seventies, like a hip. Like that's Moon Dog. I can't ever tell how many of these <laughs> things are things that people were making fun of a different generation when I was a kid. Yeah, I do feel like it was like a, some kind of weird hot nickname at that time. Let's see. But I'm thinking of the musician. He was an interesting dude. I think. Lived on the street kind of most of his life. But a dee da dee. Sorry, I've I've programmed myself to anytime somebody says on the street, <laughs> I say a dee da dee. Because I'm under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah, this is him. 
That looks like a nun from here, Adam. Yeah, he was a a super weird dude. I think spent a lot of the time on the streets of New York, um, but traveled around the world and, I mean, performed with like some very well-known guys. Uh, I wonder if this is kind of the origin of all of it or like if he was biting off someone else's nickname too. Well, for one, the moon. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I always find it funny that we're now in a really precarious situation where both our moon and our sun are named the moon and the sun. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like that kind of works with a star because that's a star, but we still call all of the other moons moons. Yeah, it's like damn, we should have named it Susan. Yeah, I mean, we have like Ganymede out there. That's a <laughs> cool name. I'd be all right with Ganymede too. That is a cool name. Callisto. Pretty much all of Jupiter's moons have pretty sick names. Yeah, they do. Yeah, I think I think this moon dog was the original moon dog, but I don't know. Putting in long hours at the office? That's good. But who will raise your children to embody the same hard-working spirit that you have? Worry no more. Introducing the new NannyBot by Unicorp. Hi, NannyBot at your service. It can cook, clean, and take care of household chores. How do you like your food cubes, honey? Laser fried or soft vaporized? It also records all of your child's words and thoughts to assess the potential for future Unicorp job positions. Up and at them, kiddos. Time for activities. Add the Knowledge Module subscription to increase your child's chance of a livable wage in the future. X equals negative B plus or minus square root B squared minus 4AC all over 2A. Adjust NannyBot's temperance depending on what your children need. NannyBot, I love you! Oh, that's sweet, honey. But remember that love is an illusion, and true satisfaction can only come from a demanding corporate position at Unicorp. NannyBot, I'm scared. Don't be afraid, sweetie. Unicorp's in control, and they've got you covered. Raising children never killed anyone, but why take a chance? I'm here to serve. I'll raise your children to have all the things you can't afford. Then you can move in with them. Unicorp, the only choice for your future. Did you see this um, little radioactive container that got loose in Australia? No. Really? I'm surprised you haven't been following this story. So I I didn't look into this incident a ton. I've just been kind of like reading the headlines, uh, what happened, and I don't know the particular agency or company or whatever it originated from, but there was some radioactive waste that was stored in the proper container. Some milk jug? <laughs> they, it's a standard thing. Uh, they, are, they do kind of look like milk jugs, but they are, it's hard to gauge the size. I, I would say smaller. Smaller than a, like we're talking about the same kind of milk jug, like that older looking metal milk jug, because those are, I would say, yeah, like, yeah. So yeah, they're about a foot and a half by probably half a foot wide, but they're cylinders. 
Um, so let's see the actual size. I've seen a few images of it. I want to see. But none if of I them are next get... to a banana for scale. <laughs> yeah, I want to see if I can get like an actual number. Oh man! While you're doing that, I'll tell the story of this one time we accidentally got a semi toad from outside <laughs> of the apartment because uh, there's like a, it's a little offshoot to get into that apartment. So a lot of times semis would park there for the guys to like sleep overnight in their trucks or whatever. But they all have those little warning signs that are like, oh, we're carrying flammable stuff or we're carrying biohazard stuff or whatever. Um, so me and my friend were, did not know what kind of, I would like to state, trouble we were going to get this guy in. But we went and switched all of his signs to biohazard. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, he got towed because you're not allowed to drive biohazard through the middle of the fucking city, apparently, which is good to know that they take that seriously. Okay. So this was the size that I initially thought. Yeah, that so does look small. It's very small, yeah, if you can see this from where you're sitting. They're saying it's basically about the size of a Tic Tac. The thing in it or the container? The container. I was going to so, say, because that picture of that container looks like a can of beans. Yeah, I, I can't tell how big like those shine of rocks. Yeah, but are those rocks the size of my... Right. Pinky now. Yeah, it's hard to tell in this image. But so the actual numbers, uh, the capsule, it's basically can shaped. So it's six millimeters in diameter and eight millimeters. That long. is fucking small. Yeah, it's very small. So like a BB for a BB gun is like six millimeters. Yeah. Um so this is highly radioactive material. Uh I believe it is just basically the waste product from a nuclear reactor. Okay, so that's not a container of something. It is radioactive material. It is radioactive material, but it's a container designed to hold radioactive material. It's not the radioactive material itself. There's something in there behind. Gotcha. Yeah. Because that would make sense to be that small and be like uh, depleted uranium or something like that. Yeah. I don't know if it's uranium or cesium. Uh, oh, it is cesium. It says right here, cesium-137. Ooh. Yeah. Fucking pop that in your mouth. Yeah. So, um, basically what happened was, whatever agency in Australia, uh, I guess it's the Australian Defense Force, it says in this article. Uh, the ADF? They announced, they're like, hey, uh, we lost this radioactive capsule. Oh my god, this it is going to be like the box of meth. <laughs> They're like, it was on a truck, and uh, then it wasn't, and so we're trying to find it, but this is what it looks like, and like, don't let your kids pick up weird metal stuff. <laughs> oh my god, that's so bad. Yeah, and they announced this two weeks after it happened. I mean, you would give some time to try and find <laughs> it. Did I tell you about Jackson's box of meth? No. So, all right. You know how much like an ounce of meth is, like yeah, kind roughly. of qual like the the size of bag that that would be. So apparently there was a Jackson police officer that was training a dog to sniff <laughs> meth okay. out on the side of the road, and they had a one ounce box of methamphetamines okay. that when he was done driving or done testing the car, he put it on top of his fucking car <laughs> and just like drove off. a box or like a fucking coffee and just drove off, but. They had to announce it. So, yeah. like, the next day, there was, it was like a fucking reward that was like a couple thousand dollars less than you would get for a box of meth. 
But so it was like box of meth lost, like two hundred dollar, five hundred dollar reward or whatever. And then yeah. uh, the next day was like the apology that the officer had to make for losing the meth, which was a very standard <laughs> apology. But then somebody went and made these stickers that were just like a three D outline of a rectangle box that just said meth in the middle of it, and stuck them <laughs> all over fucking town. Nice. It's just a box of meth. It is. But yeah, most mistakes are like the same fucking four mistakes, and putting something on top of your car is one of them. <laughs> yeah. Uh, so they did find this lost Australian radioactive containment capsule. I would hope so, because that should be easy to find so long as you're not in a <laughs> nuclear wasteland. Yeah, so they just found it a, a few days ago, but it's all taken care of now. There was no you know, spill or incident or anything with it. Shit that they know of. What yeah. about all of the weird... Ki- I don't know if Australia has coyotes. <laughs> True. But so it made me look into some other similar stories. Like I had never seen these like super tiny containment capsules. I guess they've been around for quite a while and there have been other incidents. Of, of people losing tiny, tiny things? <laughs> yeah, but also people picking them up. And stuff well, happening know, after that. I know that's a thing because of my dad being a fucking junker. Yeah. Because pretty regularly, two things end up in junk piles a lot. Radioactive material and grenades. <laughs> yeah. And people fucking love... Because you, when you see a grenade as a normal person, you think it's unactivated. Because that's just like, I've seen hundreds of grenades for sale. They're yeah. all at pawn shops and they have a hole drilled through them and they're like novelty things. So when you find one in a junk pile, it's the first thing you do. It's you're like, well, yeah. <laughs> this is totally sick. There is a, I think there's a famous story of some dude gave his kid um, like a good luck charm that he had from back in the day. And his kid just started getting real sick. And like by kid, I mean, his kid went to college. It was yeah, in college like age. Yeah. And he ended up uh, getting real sick in college. And then his roommate got real sick in college while he was in the hospital and they were trying to figure everything out. And it was like, just this good luck charm that he was given happened to be <laughs> pretty much made of cesium. Dang. And so what, the dad never felt it? Or? He didn't carry it around on him. Oh, it was just okay. his good luck charm that he had like in an office. Yeah. And this kid was like carrying it on him all of the time. And because they were in a dorm room, like it was close enough to get his buddy sick. Yeah, yeah. Well, so when I was reading about this, you know, there's a handful of incidents that, I mean, they're all sad, of course. A lot of them are like little kids picking up these capsules and then dying a little bit later. But I found one that I had never heard about, but it is the worst radioactive incident in Latin American history. And it happened in a town called Goiânia. It's in Brazil. I'm not sure like what area, what state, county, however they divide it up. But it's a place in Brazil. Basically what happened was two guys who, I'll call them kind of like scrappers, I guess. They were just dudes who would go around to, you know, like abandoned buildings. Wherever they could find some material, they'd bring it to recyclers, you know, yeah, junkyards, that, that kind uh, of thing, uh, make some money. I would call that a scrapper unless they were on meth, and then I would just call that a meth addict. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Yeah, I've always heard scrapper, but I don't know. I hear that in rap songs, so I don't know if that's offensive or not. <laughs> I Well, scrapper is also somebody who fights. Yes, yes. Like there's Mainly in Danny Brown songs where they're talking about going to uh, 
you know, different locations and taking the and, copper wires and taking out of places. The scrap. <laughs> I, I've helped somebody do that before, and that was actually kind of fun. <laughs> yeah, it does seem like a really fun job. Dude, when you pull a wire through drywall, yeah. it's, it's real satisfying because it makes the line <laughs> through it. So yeah. you're just like... Yeah, I've had to do some like light demo when I was doing it, environmental work still. It was always really fun. Just ruin, destroy shit. But, you know, nicely. So, yeah, these guys, they're scrappers. Uh, they find this abandoned building. Uh, I'm not sure if they knew what it was or what. It was an abandoned medical facility. And then they find, you know, this small device. It's like, I guess, the size of, like, about the size of a head, like so a they, human head. So they found like an MRI machine. Basically, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I forget exactly what the thing was called. It was some kind of like telephoto lens, which basically, you know, is producing medical images, some kind of like x-ray MRI type of thing. Yeah, the reason why you're not allowed to lick the CT machine. <laughs> yeah. You know, I, I think they don't know what it is, or maybe they know it's a medical device, but they don't necessarily know uh, the dangers or whatever. So they actually had this thing for a couple days. Oh, and Perfect amount of time. Yeah, they were trying to take it apart. Oh, man. And got a pass. So basically the outside of this thing was like a plastic casing, you know, yeah. like a medical device you'd see in a hospital or whatever. But as you go further into it, then it inside of it basically has a larger version of that capsule type of thing we were just talking about. Yeah, and somewhere in between there, there's probably like a nice noble gas to <laughs> yeah. stop some shit um well the thing basically had like uh they show it i'm looking at the wikipedia thing and they show a little diagram of it it's kind of cool it um it's basically like a thing that turns inside this metal chamber and there's one part of it that kind of opens up so then you know the radiation will shoot out you get your image whatever and then it rotates again closes back up so it's basically just like opening a small window to shoot out a little bit of radiation, closing it back up. So it works like a camera, except for the sun's inside of the camera. <laughs> exactly, yeah. And so they managed to get past like several several layers of the plastic casing. Of, of the shielding? <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think there was a lead shielding between that too, between like the ultimate metal casing inside, uh, which was stainless steel, and then the plastic casing. Uh, so they got pretty far, but they couldn't, you know, ultimately get to the inside of it. Or like, I think what they thought was, oh, there's going to be like some computer chips or maybe like a more expensive metal or something in here. Well, I mean, it is an expensive metal. Yeah, true. Irradiated <laughs> metal is expensive. Yeah. Uh, so they were trying. They couldn't quite get to it, but then they bring this thing to a junkyard. The guy, you know, the owner of the place. Uh, meets them, sees it, whatever. Pays them twenty dollars for it. Oh, this is in eighty-seven, by the way. So yeah, twenty bucks is not bad in eighty-seven. Yeah, that is roughly a hundred dollars now. So yeah, um, and this was Brazil, so I don't know how the economy was doing at the time, but yeah, twenty dollars seems pretty good for bringing in some scrap for metal. Question mark scrap metal. Yeah, yeah. So then the junkyard has it. They are trying, you know, just like these guys to further take it apart. 
they succeed, you know, because they, they got a bunch of tools and stuff at their disposal with their scrapyard. They take it apart, they throw it in a pile, and don't really think about and it. And they irradiate everything in the <laughs> pile. So I, th- I believe it took a couple days. It might have been the next night. Um, but the owner's there at night, I think kind of shutting things down. You know, it's dark, and he starts to see some glowing. Oh, man. So it's that irradiated? Because <laughs> you can die from not glowing irradiation. Like, it doesn't have to be that irradiated. Yeah. So, I mean, inside this capsule is cesium-137, which, as far as radioactive isotopes, is one of the worst as far as like causing damage to biological matter. Uh, so they're... It's that gamma, man. Yeah, they're seeing just this wild, glowing blue light. And of course, you know, you're going to go check it out. So... <laughs> I mean, I personally, if I see a glowing piece of metal that I fucking <laughs> threw in a pile, I'm like, cool, I'm going to a hospital. <laughs> going to fucking pop me some fucking... Uh, iodine pills and probably start drinking actually again because that's one of the few things you can do <laughs> to stop radiation poisoning does alcohol help that right well so what alcohol does is it kills your cells right so you flush out already Seems- irradiated cells okay yeah that makes sense and iodine i believe uh it either coats it does something where it's like makes them mildly radiation proof or it does the exact same thing where it just murders cells. Because hmm. I know you could, you're, you used to be able to go on tours of Chernobyl, and that's what they gave you. Was you got some vodka yeah. and some iodine pills, and they were like, you have to drink the vodka. Yeah, I've heard the iodine pills before. I, I'm not sure I fully grasp, grasp how I, that I works. Think it's a, I think it is like it kind of just, the iodine refracts or something towards the, this is like, could be me talking out the ass, but. I know that it that is what you get when you get uh, treatment for radiation poisoning, is they also give you... I guess if there's iodine. iodine in your blood, maybe it kind of works like lead plating, right? Like, the whole idea of lead plating is, like, those are just huge, densely packed molecules. So, like, all those beams can't really get in between. Yeah. So, I, I wonder that's, if that's, like, that's iodine what, in your blood kind of So, that's creates... what I'm kind of... It's either that or, like, it is actually refractory. Huh. That's interesting. I mean, we could. It's, 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 inter- it's interesting what we decide to look up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're like, nah, that's uh, that seems complicated. <laughs> um, so I mean, he sees this blowing. <laughs> I was about blowing, to say blowing glue lights. <laughs> yeah, welcome to a very small fraction of every moment of my life. <laughs> a glowing blue light. Um, blue that blowing light. He goes to check it out, and he, you know, finds this like crystalline powder almost it's you know the cesium the direct cesium there's nothing else yeah and it's in a powder yeah it's in a powdered form and so he's got like what two weeks um i'm not sure how long that guy lived it also depends on the actual amount of radiation coming out of it yeah so actually, I think I do know how long that guy lived. I think it was seven years. No, oh, so um, so not that bad. Yeah, it wasn't that bad. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'll get to it later in the story. But like, this gets so messed up. I think he basically died of like depression and the effects of depression and stress. 
And I'm sure he was not healthy. He was definitely like feeling the effects of irradiation. Yeah, I mean, they'll they'll know if he's having radiation poisoning. You can just look at your cells. Like, radiation poisoning yeah. unravels your DNA, which, fun fact, yep. is also what bleach does. If you eat bleach, you effectively are <laughs> giving yourself weird radiation damage. So, I mean, he just goes over and is, like, directly handling this stuff. Fucking uses it to, like, paint his face. I am a cat. Dude, legitimately. So he shows his family. He's like, this Aww. stuff is so cool. Look at this. Aww. It's like this magic, like, glowing dust. And starts, like, dishing it out to the family. Yeah. Like. He just killed his whole family. There was one guy. Um, I watched this video where they go through, like, some of the things that this family did. Like, some of the uses they applied it to. I think it was his brother. One of them, like, draws a cross on his stomach, right? Oh. So he just says, like, a sick, blowing, cancer I'm going to do it again, blowing glue. <laughs> blowing glue all times. <laughs> Officially, the stance of this podcast is blowing glue. <laughs> there was a young girl in the family. Uh, she sadly did pass away, I think, after just a few days. But she, they were, like, putting it on her clothes. Yeah. That's a um, bad thing to do. Yeah, she was like rubbing it all over her hands and like doing funny things with her hands. See, I've done this with a glow stick. Yeah. But of course, they all start getting sick. You know, they're just vomiting and fevers and whatever. Um, some of them are like seeing the literal physical effects. Like one of the guys who had it's getting blisters and shit. Yeah, who had directly handled it is starting to get like yeah, burns and stuff on his yeah. hands. Radiation burns are different than radiation sickness, which is yeah. insane. To me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so one member of the family, and I don't have any of their names here, and yeah, I feel horrible for this family. So I'm not trying to make light of any of this, but. One of the members of the family um, starts to realize it, like, why are we all getting sick? <laughs> you know, like, something's got to be going on. I think kind of put it together that it started happening, like, once this blue dust shows up. Yeah, good old-fashioned troubleshooting. <laughs> yeah. What's new in the family? Glowing, blowing glue stuff. <laughs> so she grabbed, I believe he was an employee of the junkyard. I don't know if he was in the family as well, but... So they had this stuff in a bag. She's like, hey, grab that bag. Get on the bus. We're going to the hospital. Oh, whole bus ride. <laughs> yeah. So this dude uh, just throws this bag over his shoulder, which, you know, they later, once they figure out what it is and they try to start tracing it, they like directly traced all the like scarring down his back yeah so like him throwing the bag over his shoulder on the bus not a very tight bag <laughs> yeah. that bus is now decommissioned yeah so i mean they take it over to the hospital uh and they tell him like yeah there's all these people i think they had also given it to some like family friend type of people and those mm. people are getting sick. See, this is, you got to be careful with your generosity. <laughs> yeah. The hospital now is getting this report from this lady. I think a few of the other people came in and they at first had no idea what was going on. They were like di diagnosing it as tropical sickness. Which, yeah, okay. I don't know if that's just kind of a broader term where it they're is. like, we don't really know. So I was just, uh, 
reading something about there it's an entire classification of diseases that are basically yeah. uh underexplored yeah and i remember like when i went to thailand you know you get vaccinations and stuff and like dengue fever is a big one but they mentioned that they like uh there's just you know, a bunch of weird stuff diseases <laughs> yeah the thing yeah. i was reading was on uh eradicating actual diseases and they were like yeah we're actually close to eradicating like this entire classification of confusing tropical disease and it's like it's literally just called like blah 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 tropical diseases and they're like yeah these are all basically like no one really knows exactly what they are but they're few enough in number that we could eradicate them it's like okay so they're just just a classification of disease that we could get rid of in like five fucking years that we're not going to because you then don't have a disease to cure. So yeah, they're they're diagnosing people with, you know, tropical sickness, not sure what's going on. I'm not sure who kind of started going down the radioactive path, but it got brought up somehow and then the hospital employed a physicist. Uh, I think he was already working there on, on something else. And they're like, hey, you know, get a uh, get some kind of meter and try to measure it and, like, see if your theory is right. Uh, so he gets a... I, I'm not sure if it was a Geiger counter or what. It was probably a Geiger counter. Geiger counters are not that complicated to make. Like, we could actually yeah. literally make a Geiger counter out of the shit that's in this room. Yeah, I've I've used them before on jobs. Yeah, they're pretty simple. I think um, you can buy one for like thirty dollars on Amazon now. Yeah, that's why I'm sure I, you can. Shit like that confuses me nowadays. That there's not just like Geiger counters on hospital entrances. But so this guy brings uh, the meter back, and it's obviously just off the charts. And so they're like, the the thing must be broken. What? Why is that? <laughs> what you think? I think at this point, people at the hospital are, are getting sick. Yeah, because they have a bag of cesium fucking floating <laughs> yeah. around. So it was like in a doctor's office. Yeah. And, and he was cautious of it. He's like, I don't want to touch that shit. But it's, it's like, a good thing it's radiation and you don't have to. He didn't throw it out of his office or anything. He was just like, I'm just going to leave it on that chair. I don't want to touch it or inhale it or whatever. I don't know what it is. What you should do is uh, put that in some water. They get another meter. You know, same thing off the charts, and they're like, okay, this is fucked. So they didn't What's just take on? the first meter outside? They went and got <laughs> another meter? Well, I think that was the issue, is like, even outside, they were getting just insane readings. Yeah, I guess it is powdered cesium everywhere. Yeah. I kind of wonder what kind of, because if you put it in like a burlap sack, that's pretty much like having a powdered sugar poof of cesium going so, everywhere. I saw a picture of the bag. It almost looked like... Uh, I don't know what they're called. I'll, I guess I'll try to describe it. Like those plastic kind of bags. It's like a plastic material, but it's uh, kind of more like fibrous almost, I guess I'll say. So it's like woven? Yeah, yeah. kind of woven. Which, so, like, so it's got like a burlap texture, but it's made out of plastic. Yeah, yeah so that's yeah. exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> that <laughs> yeah. is pretty much, do you know what a powdered sugar poof is, Adam? Powdered sugar poof. I think I do, yeah. Yeah, it's where you put powdered sugar in a cheesecloth and tie up one end and you just poof stuff with it. Shoots powdered <laughs> okay. sugar and that's how you put powdered sugar on stuff. And that's what they did with cesium. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, I mean, they they figure it out at that point, right? And, and there's nothing you can do about it. 
So I guess meanwhile, while this is happening, I think that same doctor was like, hey, I think it's this bag. They had contacted the fire department about it. So they're killing their entire fire department too? Well, so the fire department hadn't got there yet, but um, they were basically on the way and were just planning to grab the bag and throw it into a river. (laughs) Dude, our species is just fucking A students left and right. So I guess this physicist was aware of that. He's like, hey, tell those firemen don't touch that shit. Yeah. Don't get anywhere near it. Like, it's not necessarily a bad idea to put it in water, but don't put it in water you intend on using ever again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And don't just like have a fireman just pick it up and throw it like, what? Problem solved. <laughs> Over the arm, a nice arc of semi-invisible cesium floating through the air. <laughs> yeah. So they know what it is. The physicist, you know, he's like, don't touch it. We got to develop a plan. Uh, luckily, the firemen, you know, they didn't do anything to it. So I don't know who did it or what, but they pick up the chair and move it to the courtyard of this medical facility. Right. So at least it's not like in this guy's office anymore, which at that point, I don't know what's really better or worse. Well, so it depends on what his walls are made out of. Because uh, if his walls can't stop, well, it, it, so it's gamma radiation is actually pretty easy to block, but it's definitely not uh, being blocked by drywall. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm guessing it's nothing, you know, more durable than like wood. Which, because so, what's in your? Uh, do you know what the fucking little radioactive nugget that's in your fire detector is? It's something that's because it doesn't put off gamma. The radiation level it has, it's like a quarter of an inch of air is enough to kill it. Oh, it's a uh, Americium. <laughs> I always struggle saying that one. The America one. Yeah. Because, yeah, fun fact, don't do this, anyone, but if you take apart a bunch of uh, smoke detectors and uh, there's this little cylinder in there and you just take the tiny little speck that's in there and stick it in your soda you'll have a bad time. They grab this chair and they throw it out in the courtyard and then they, you know, try to develop a plan to deal with it. So what they did was... Exorcism. They took a a huge concrete pipe, you know, think almost like a highway underpass. I was going like, to say a cistern pipe. Yeah, exactly. It's a big-ass concrete pipe there was a wall that, like, you know, it wasn't just, like, direct from the road to the courtyard or whatever. There's, yeah. like, a road that separates this courtyard from everything else. So they take this concrete pipe uh, using a crane over the wall, you know, basically put this chair in the center of the pipe and then bring a more concrete with the truck over the wall, pour a bunch of concrete into the thing. Then they encase that in a bunch of steel and whatever and move the thing out of there. I guess this is actually seen, and it does seem like they handled it really well. This is one of the better responses to you finding out that you have a bunch of fucking <laughs> radioactive powder. Oh, so one of the things too that is seen as like a you know a good proper response is they. Uh, set up one of the arenas. I think it was an arena that was used for the Olympics. Oh, so finally, a fucking use <laughs> for old Olympic locations, nuclear waste dumps. 
but they basically set up a site, put out a bunch of information and announcements that, that were like, hey, this is happening. This is serious. If you think you're even affected, like come to this place and we're going to try to treat you and trace everything. I know they had a huge response and, and a lot of those people uh, were irradiated. 112,000 people in total were examined. 249 had significant levels of radioactive material in their body. And out of those 249, 129 had internal contamination. Mm. It's got to be real good news to find out that you're, like, dead. Uh, A thousand people were identified as having suffered a dose which was greater than one year of background radiation. I mean, that's survivable. Yeah, but for that to happen in one day, Yeah, no, it's not good for you, (laughs) but you were not going to straight up die from it. We know some of you have taken to the seas since the polar ice caps have melted. And we know some of you prefer to stay underwater where you feel safest. But how do you make sure you're getting the necessary nutrition in your new aquatic home? Mom, I'm tired of Cyber Dolphin. If I eat another blowhole, I might blow chunks. Introducing the Food Processor Snorkel. Swim up to any registered docking point and press one of the food selection buttons on your snorkel tube. A high frequency signal will be sent to one of our operators who will throw your food choice down the barrel of your snorkel. Then, within the snorkel, an inner rotating chamber of 150 razor sharp teeth will liquefy your food and shoot it down your gullet at high velocity. Whoa, Mom! Is this Shamu? Awesome! It's imitation Shamu, of course, but he doesn't have to know it's just food spheres. Find the new food processor snorkel and show us your support today. Warning, refrain from molasses and other high viscosity fluids to avoid suffocation. This message was brought to you by the Revolution LLC. I mean, like, you know about the demon ball fucking thing, right? Or the demon core? Oh, yeah, we're at, yeah. yeah. Also, the first one was the guy, the fucking guy. They have, like, a machine that makes these two halves, because, like, basically the idea between the core, it got called the demon core because of how many people it killed, but um, you bring it as close to uh, going critical as you can to do studies on. Right. So they have, like, a machine that separates the two fucking halves of the thing so that they can't actually touch, and this guy's like, oh, I've got an idea. I'm going to go hold it closer, and then drops it. 
and connects the whole fucking thing and just tells everyone to stand exactly where they are after he pulls it off and just does some math and accurately tells all those fuckers when they're gonna die. <laughs> yeah, that's insane. And that was, I think the lowest person had like two years and the longest person was like seven or eight years. That's why when you said it took seven years for that guy to die, I was like, that's a actual number. Yeah. Um, I think in the end too, they um, did not, it's kind of hard to say like you died of radiation, right? Yes, it's because you like, usually die of a tumor from radiation <laughs> or yeah. like dying from just radiation poisoning is a horrific, horrific and obvious thing. Yep. Like all of your hair is falling out. You've got boils on your ass. You're fucking throwing up your internal organs. This is a real uppity episode. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, no, it's terrible. Uh, but hey, it's topical. <laughs> so I mean, there, there were four people, I guess, that they like gave credit. <laughs> what am I trying to say here? That directly it's were called, tied to called blame. Yeah. When it's not good, it's called blame. <laughs> well, there's basically four people that they directly tied to the radiation, right? Like. This probably caused the death of more people, whether it was... You yeah, know. there's probably people that were on that bus behind that sack that breathed in cesium dust and died and no one knows about. Yeah. And, and I mean, they did try to do, you know, as much tracing as they could. And I did see an image um, that's mostly with this family that owns the junkyard of just like branches of how far it went. Yeah. And like so, just them, it's probably like 50 people. This but. is something that... Uh, did I tell you about the fucking nuclear nuclear uh, background check that Arizona, North Phoenix and Phoenix in general just had? Because no. the Super Bowl's coming. So this is apparently a since 9-11 thing where before the Super Bowl, the like couple weeks before the Super Bowl, they go and get the background radiations of whatever city it is. Yeah. And then right before the Super Bowl and during the Super Bowl, they have helicopters flying around giving current radiation levels in case somebody is planning a dirty nuke at our Super Bowl. <laughs> so that just happened uh, like yeah. a week ago. Okay. Which, so if there was weird helicopters flying in a pattern that you were uncomfortable with, they were, don't worry, just making sure that they know your radiation level. It's just the nuke chopper, don't worry. Yeah, apparently they've been doing it forever, and this is the first year people in Arizona have noticed. I mean, we have a Super Bowl like every 10 years, basically. The last one was here, I think, 2014 or 2015. Yeah, I was not here for that. Yeah. I mean, they cycle them between like seven cities that have good weather in February. Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's kind of a silly thing for them to be like, we're going to have this event that uh, requires good outside. Let's make sure we put it terrible places. Well, and football is that sport, you know, where they're like, well, we're going to play in anything. Pretty much. They will cancel some games. Yeah, but, but it's when they cancel that... a game, it's like fucking the end of the world for those people. So going back to Goyonia. I keep thinking that you're going to start talking about that bean company. <laughs> yeah, I was trying not to say their name because fuck that. All right, we'll edit it out. Yeah, four people that directly died from it. Um, they were, you know, members of this family or employees. One of the guys was 18. You know, he 
was a worker at the junkyard. I mentioned the um, daughter of the junkyard guy. She, so hers was an interesting one um, because she, she basically got the worst of it. I think she was directly touching it the most. And she's a kid, you know, so her well, body Yeah, it can't also never it. came out of her clothes. Right. Um, but she was in the hospital pretty early on, and everyone was afraid of her, basically. Um, they thought that, you know, that she was going to also irradiate them. Well, did she have any fillings or jewelry on? Because, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it is a valid concern. And, you know, she did sadly pass away. Um, they created, a, they had to create a special coffin for her so that <laughs> she a, didn't A just, lead coffin? Yeah. It was fiberglass uh, and oh. lead. But there was a riot. Um, they tried to bury her in the town that she lived in, which they eventually did, but there was a riot of 2,000 people. Uh, that, that all came near the radioactive thing that they didn't want around? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, they thought uh, she was going to just poison their whole town and land and everything. That is also a valid, like... Yeah. Yeah. Um, but they did develop the special coffin... Yeah, there was no issues there. They did end up burying her. Um, the wife of the scrapyard owner also passed away. It that it was about a month for her. I think the the young girl died after like a week. And then there was another guy who was an employee of the place, um, who I guess was the guy that finally pulled off the lead shielding of the container. He also passed away. Some of these guys are still alive um, and have actually created a foundation that's like, you know, about the dangers and uh, basically what to do if this happens again. Well, I mean, rule number one is if you're ripping something apart and it doesn't look like it wants to be ripped apart, think about that. I'm almost a little surprised that these junkyard guys weren't more cautious. Mm, What did I just say about the grenades thing, man? (laughs) Like, junkyard dudes are not known for being uh, real, real smart. They're known for taking things apart and only understanding things that they have already taken apart. So that's a new thing they haven't taken apart yet. Uh, There was a episode of Captain Planet. That was based off of this. Oh, I've been. I really want them to do a gritty reboot of Captain Planet as a TV show, but only as like a one season, twelve episode deal. Yeah, he just shows up in the boys or something. No, see, and that's <laughs> I specifically. I don't like the direction the boys has gone with. Like, we're just gonna make I the agree. most disgusting thing you've ever seen, and I'm like, cool. Then I won't watch it. Like I. <laughs> I don't watch TV to get grossed out. I know some people do, but I don't like getting grossed out. It's why it's a grossed out feeling. Uh, the Captain Planet episode is called A Deadly Glow. Ooh. and you know, I think did... I remember this episode. Yeah, I was trying to think. I, I don't think I do. Maybe if I saw it. Um, you know, the episode had a happier ending. <laughs> um, it did also kind of 
uh, portray the... The little girl? Kind of, yeah, so yeah, so I do remember this episode. In the episode, I guess there's two kids that are playing with, you know, some glowing dust. And they, like, get it on their clothes and stuff. So, you know, probably based on her. You may be asking yourself, like, well, how did it get there? Like, what happened? No. Or who was responsible? What? It's in a hot. They went into an abandoned hospital. That's why it was there. <laughs> right. But you can't just, you know, abandon radioactive. We, you or, are aware that none of that shit was a law until, like, the late 70s or 80s. Oh, yeah. I mean, this happened in 87. It, it was highly illegal. And, um, like, how many people know that there's radioactive parts in a CT machine before then? So, I mean, they did eventually track down the responsible party. So, what it's happened... It's a corporation. Yeah, it's uh, this place called IGR. It's a private radiotherapy institute. Uh, the previous owner, you know, that had abandoned it or involved in some kind of ownership group. I don't know if he was like the only one. This actually went to court in 86. So this incident happened in 87. They were aware of this abandoned property and they were trying to uh, make someone be responsible for it. They knew who had abandoned the building. You know, so they were discussing the matter. This guy was. It's not my responsibility, basically, yeah. trying to get away from it. But he did bring it up to them. He's like, okay, but what about the cesium bomb, is the way he put it. And he said, well, that's ridiculous. It's not a bomb. In order for it to be a bomb, it would have to reach criticality and explode. That's very obviously just cesium, sir. And then he got to walk away scot-free. So uh, four months before, you know, these scrapper dudes went and found it one of the past owners of igr actually tried to go and get the this equipment out of there and yeah, another, it was probably worth a lot of money before they ripped it apart yeah so this other guy uh who was a director actually called the police and used the police to stop this guy from stealing that device oh because he went and told people that he was gonna go and get something i think so yeah i don't know how he found out or whatever that's the only he had to have said something to somebody about going and getting it let it be (laughs) known if you're gonna steal something don't tell no one i mean that's how this whole thing came up and it was you know knowledge like people knew about this thing sounds like one guy knew about this thing and tried to go get it and did not convey that it was radioactive to the right people. Oh, no, no. So I, I know I wasn't very clear on this. I was kind of stumbling through it. But basically what happened was they're in a court case. I don't know exactly what it's about, if it's over this equipment or what. Right? There's this new director guy. Uh, and then there's this old owner. The old owner had went and tried to steal back this equipment that was no longer his, right? Because he had to abandon this building, whatever. Um, Then that new director is like, okay, this, so this building is not our responsibility. We will be taking it over, whatever. But also, what are you guys going to do about this cesium? So it wasn't like he had just told one guy. No, this but it's like the guy the who went to go get the stuff is the one I'm talking about that was prevented from getting it by the police. Oh. Because that's all, the court stuff is the after the fact. 
Oh, yeah, yeah. The before the fact was one guy knew about it, and that right. one guy didn't decide to do the real easy thing that he could have done, which was call the military and tell them that there's a radioactive bomb somewhere. Because they'll take that seriously, even if they don't want... And so there was also a guard on site uh, with this abandoned building. Uh, and the, the day that these two guys snuck in and took the thing... Uh, the guard who was supposed to be protecting the site just didn't show up for work. Yeah, it's an abandoned building. There's not. This is something that I think most people should really think of when they're uh, doing anything involving a security guard. That's just a fucking guy. Like, <laughs> he's a security guard for a reason. And most of the time when it's an abandoned building in the middle of fucking nowhere... They don't hire a real good quality just some guy. They hire just some guy to be there because just some guy is a pretty good deterrent from theft. It's crazy, too. Um, when they first managed to get the cesium out of this capsule, they tried to light it on fire because they thought it was gunpowder. Why would they think it was gun? <laughs> I don't understand what possible reason you could have for thinking that they put gunpowder in such a fancy thing yeah i mean they that is kind of weird because they had to know it was like a medical device or like some yeah maybe they thought it was a bomb they the only found thing it in think. a fucking hospital <laughs> right there's no bombs in hospital equipment that's not a thing i know that's why i'm like they knew it was medical shit i don't know why like yeah like i can see them trying to set it on fire because maybe they thought it was sulfur because there's lots of sulfur in hospitals, yeah. but that's not usually, like, in a very, very enclosed, hard-to-get-into space. It's usually in a pill form, and you can smell sulfur. For that matter, you can smell gunpowder. <laughs> I guess when they were searching for that um, capsule in Australia, though, I guess it was kind of a, a similar discovery process, where it was basically just two dudes driving around the Australian yeah, with the desert. Fucking Geiger counter? Yeah. That's also guess, how you find smells. Yeah. They went down a stretch of this highway and their thing just started going nuts. And they were like, hey, we found it. And then they had to like, you know, search around and find this little Tic Tac. I'd but, be curious if some of that evidence is still there. Like if they went and did background radi radiation check compared to pre this thing and post this thing like they do with the Super yeah. Bowl here. If there's just a road map. Oh, the other thing that was crazy about the Goyonia incident is, I mean, it's like tragic on so many levels, right? And it's really obvious, but I think one of the more tragic parts of it is just how the community totally abandoned and ostracized them. They're like, get the fuck away from us kind well, of deal. Also at that time, the vat mass populace probably thought you could turn into a zombie from radiation like yeah, there was sure. absolutely no education like currently there's almost no education on what radiation actually does every time i explain to people like what radiation actually does cellularly i know maybe four of the couple hundred people i've told that that aren't like oh that's insane i'm like what the fuck did you think it was doing did you think you just <laughs> got a cold or some shit like you're rotting apart. Like, so at that point in time, like, Godzilla was probably an actual thing those people thought could fucking happen. Yeah, I mean, it's obviously very sad in the sense of, like, they have these horrible physical effects and 
the trauma and whatever. But you also have to think like their houses got demolished, right? Because they're like <laughs> just throwing this cesium dust around. All of their memories, like their basically their family history yeah. and everything, is this, like trash. This they, is also what happens when your house is a meth house. Yeah, they throw everything away, demolish <laughs> it. Yeah, and I mean it's like. Of course, these tragic deaths, and it's like, okay, these members of the family are gone, but it's all gone. The memories, the materials, it's like, they just have to wipe it all out. Also, what just fires do. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. That's like always one of the things that people are like, oh, I'm so sad that your house set on fire. And it's like, it's not the fucking house that set on fire that's the issue. It was all the stuff I had in the house. Well, you want to talk about some happy stuff? Uh, (laughs) So it's not just a 100%? So it's real hard to switch gears from, I had, I mean, we can always just talk about sci-fi. Yeah, what do you got? I love sci-fi, but you... uh, much deeper into it i am unfortunately way way deeper into it and i no longer have an audible so i don't get to just live my privileged life of straight sci-fi what the fuck was the name of the book i started listening to it's like lessie's dream and it says it's a hard hard sci-fi book but i've yet to see any proof of the hard part which if you don't know what hard sci-fi is that's the usually contains a bit more science fact and less whimsical stuff. And if it does involve whimsical stuff, it's just like kind of matter of fact and procedural about it. And most people don't like them because they end up being somewhat dry. Yeah. But this they is... go into like a lot of details, right? Like strategic positioning and like. Well, not necessarily. So that okay. would be a military based one. Okay. Like, so everything, there's like. If you really want to break sci-fi down, there are three types of sci-fi. Garbage magic sci-fi, which is everything that's in a movie currently. Like, that's all of your comic books and everything. And then there's, like, hard sci-fi, which is more science facty, usually a lot drier, long-winded as fuck. And then there's, like, a space opera, which is, like, a dramatic multiple... Uh, planets are always involved. There's almost always FTL. All of those have a military version. Like, they all have the... If you go silly... Like, so Captain America would be garbage sci-fi military. Uh, But a lot of hard sci-fi does end up being military sci-fi because it's easier to write a military book. And then space operas are quite often military-based because space travel's all based on the Navy. So you end up with a lot of people that are like, oh, we went to Ganymede, but as Sergeant Commander Huiftung, <laughs> that is one of the funnier things, is the names in everything. <laughs> what was that one? Huiftung? Huiftung. <laughs> Dude, I heard about this last night through some random trivia. Did you know that there was a $900 million lawsuit against Warner Brothers? forcing them to either prove that ghosts are real or stop you know, saying that pay they out have the 900 million. real ghost stories i mean if you're gonna continuously sit there and tell people <laughs> that ghosts are real so 
this is what it's about. Um, you know, there's an author who wrote a series. It's called Conjuring. Yeah. And they made movies. You made, I've heard of them. I haven't seen them. I can't them. remember if this is one of them that gang made me watch. So I think the movie, the movie's just called The Conjuring. And there's a spinoff called Annabelle. Yeah, so this is not... I've never seen this. Now. Yeah. Because Annabelle is a famous uh, haunted yeah. doll. Yep. Yeah, and this is like based on a real-life story, right? Well, I mean, as real-life as a haunted doll is. <laughs> right. But so... Um, Fucking alienate all of my pixie dream girls. <laughs> okay, there's a, an author. His name's Gerald Brittle. And he sued in 2016. And he claimed that those movies infringed on his exclusive rights to create derivative works based on the Warren's case files. So that was like the real life people that his stories were kind of based off of. I guess maybe he had even paid for the rights or somehow like copyrighted it or trademarked it. So when Warner Brothers made these movies, right, I think he was like, oh, I'm going to sue them because they just ripped my thing off. And so he, he doesn't actually understand the laws around that? Well, so Warner Brothers was like, no, this is just a, a real story, and we're just making a movie about a real story. And he's like, oh, really? So ghosts are real? Yeah. <laughs> and that's the whole basis of the lawsuit. Because we live in a country where frivolous <laughs> lawsuits are normal. Oh uh, yeah. Um, if you are not too depressed from this episode, you can find <laughs> me at Jane Fritz, J A I N underscore Fritz with an S on Instagram and Twitter. If you manage to hunt me down on Facebook, I won't accept your friend request. So, yeah, I still have a Facebook account out there, but I. Uh... Maybe I'll use it again in like five years. I think that's my pattern. I use it like a couple of times every five years. But anyways, I'm on Instagram as well. I am VR Frittatas. And we have the official UPP Twitter and Twitch. Our Twitch account is UPP underscore Playa. P-L-A-Y-A. And my wife and I have a Twitch account as well. If you'd like to watch, we would appreciate it. And that is Andy underscore pants. A-N-D-E-E underscore pants. And uh, if you have games that you want us to play and or something specific you want us to stream, we usually do that on Tuesdays. So Yeah, um, let us know. We're doing Death Stranding yeah, right now. Which is currently... I to me fucking up and then <laughs> finding out that the game just kind of like let us get away with it. Yeah. Oh, and also, um, whatever you're listening on, you know, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, whatever, if you could give us a like and a review, it'll really help us. We're uh, our stats are starting to get up, which is a great thing for the show, but we need more followers. Yeah, we definitely we finally got the actual five star on uh, yeah, I saw that. That was awesome. Yeah, that's that's nice to have. Yep.
Well, thanks for listening, guys. Do you have any parting words? Um, don't eat candy off the floor, even if you seen who dropped it. Wise, wise words. All right, later. Peace. Yeah. So anytime you put a name in an urban dictionary, I know we've covered this before. <laughs> yeah. They do like five or six that are nice directly up front, and then it gets into Keelan ate a bunch of animals. It's my favorite definition of my name, Adam. The example they used is that crazy hobo jumped into the zoo and Keelan all the baby animals. <laughs> <laughs>